Hi, folks. This is Rick Doc Walker, the DOC. This is John Kime, and you're listening to the Mess Hall with Rally Captain and Tailgate Ted. What's going on, Rally? Happy New Year, man. Is it a Happy New Year, Ted? <laughs> is it really a Happy New Year? Well, let me let me let me say this. Let me say this. I'm sorry. It is a Happy New Year, as far as moving into 2023. That's a Happy New Year. I'll give you that. But as far as these freaking commanders are concerned, no, it's not a happy New Year's. And I'm not even going to mix my words. Let's freaking get it. I'll tell you why it's a happy New Year, man. We got one game left and this season's over. That's why it's a happy New Year for me, because I am ready for this season to be over. I mean, been to 20 plus seasons at FedEx Field. And after this past game, I haven't seen a team, just a Washington team, play that bad in 20 years with something on the line and something to play for. It was brutal, bro. Just just sheer brutal. Now, I got to, for all our listeners, and I know I, it's, it's, very, it's not good to recant, but I got to recant something that I said. All right. and, I, and, I, and I say that because... I thought that there was a chance. I said that we were going to win this game and make it to the playoffs. You said we were going to win by 14 points. Let me put that one out there, too. That was before I knew that Cam Curl was definitely going to be out. Okay? There was a chance he was going to play, and I thought that – and I didn't make this caveat before, but I got to save a little bit of my face, all right? Because half of it's gone. So (laughs) before I realized that Curl was going to be out the way that he was – um, I thought that we had a chance as far as the defense is concerned and it just didn't happen. So excuse me. I will, I will, I will eat this. It's, it's not good. Trust me. This S burger is not good at all, but I'll eat it. I'm the captain. I, I, I sail with the ship when it's high and I sink with it when it goes down. And right now I'm underwater holding my breath, trying to get to the top. And to be real, I took us to win. You know, I, I think I took us 22 to 17, and I'm thinking in my head, how the hell do we get to 22 points? But I didn't see a blowout. I don't know anyone that saw a blowout. I remember, you know, I'm driving back from Florida. It's a 16-hour straight drive for me and the missus, and I'm listening to all these different podcasts, and there was a beat reporter that came on from Cleveland that joined, I think it was Grant Paulson. And he talked about how they were going to sit Nick Chubb and only give him a limited carries because they don't want to risk him getting hurt into the season, that the Browns are a joke. They aren't going to do anything. It's like, this guy is probably worse than the weatherman in his reporting. You know, it's just everything he said did not come true. And I don't get where he was coming from when he was saying that. It was just... You know, watching what happened and conspired on the field couldn't have been further from the truth. And I'm thinking to myself, this guy, I hope he knows some inside stuff because Nick Chubb is close to 1,500 yards. That man probably gets a bonus at 15. You know, he wants to actually hit that. So they're going to do everything they can to help him out. John Allen earlier in the week was talking to sports junkies. And I'm paraphrasing here, but he was mentioning how They've done well against, you know, top running backs. And Chubb had 14 carries for 104 yards. That's 7.4 yards a carry. I mean, to have the strength of your team just get 
demoralized like that in a game where you have to win to keep your playoff hopes alive. It was just, it was so frustrating, man. And, you know, I wanted to ask you, what are the vibes? What were the vibes pregame? You know, it was New Year's Day. So I'm assuming some people were a little bit hungover, but this was a playoff game for us. In essence, like what was it walking around? So everyone that listens and talk to me prior to kickoff, walking through the lots, this is going to sound like a broken record, but I'm going to say it verbatim the same way I said it in the parking lots. Hey, Cap, how do you think we're going to do today? And I said, I really don't know. What I'll tell you is this. Anytime we've had our destiny in our hands, we've wet the bed. And I said, I'm hoping today isn't that way, but Historically speaking, we wet the bed. So uh, that's what I'm going to leave it at. And they were like, so really, you were Cap? nervous. Yeah. They said, really, Cap? And I said, yeah, that's the way that I feel. Now, for everyone that follows me on Facebook, there, there's a ritual that I do every game. I didn't do it this past Sunday because I wasn't feeling it. If you know me, you know I wake up in the morning and I do a Facebook Live. And it's, and it's RCTV game day then i do rctv pre-game i do rctv halftime and i do rctv in game didn't do any of those didn't do any of them because i felt it ted i felt it brother and i and it's easy to come back and say now that you felt it but that's the reason why i didn't do those things because i felt it man i just i just sensed it I don't know where it came from, but I just, I just sensed that it, it was not going to go good, man. Really? And true, true to form, true to form, it didn't go good. Was it just because 11 was in there, or was it because of more of that? It was, I wasn't feeling Carson. I wasn't feeling him. And for everybody that knows me, from, from who's been listening since the onset, from preseason, I said, man, I like what I see from Carson. I, 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 I like what I see. But as he played, I didn't like it. So fast forward to this last game, I wasn't feeling it as well as I told you. Once I got the final injury report, I was like, oh, man, I just wasn't feeling it. But the vibe in the parking lot, everyone was saying the same thing. You know, we, here we are. It's, it's our day. And I just said, you know, I said, I don't know. I said, I, I really don't know. Please, you know. As a fan base, you can't ask for more as a team you can't ask for more you control your own destiny the past three weeks yeah you are playing at home in a win and you're still alive and you put up that kind of performance i mean you bring back joe gibbs you bring back the hogs you know these icons that won us championships and you show up with that on the field, there's no heart, there's no energy, there's nothing. I mean, this is actually what Rivera said when a couple of reporters asked him about Wentz. Why wasn't Carson able to sustain the success he had last week in San Francisco? Got to give them credit on Cleveland. You know, they did some good things. They got a little pressure on him, and um, you know, we missed some opportunities. What did you see on those first two interceptions specifically? Well, the first one was a little bit late, and the uh, second one, the ball just hung a little bit too much. The ball didn't hang too much. He never should have thrown that ball no. in the first place. I mean, the guy was double covered. But 
it's just he wanted to bring Wentz in to bring a spark to this offense. Well, disagree. he threw three interceptions. Would you disagree that's why he wanted to bring him in? No, I did. he didn't bring a spark. Oh, yeah. He, he definitely there, there was no spark. I no. mean, it, it, yeah, there's no way around that. I mean, Wentz s the bed. His first, what, two throws was an interception? I mean, it's I took notes during the game going back and forth, and I don't remember exactly. His second pass was an interception, mm -hmm. right? And then the Heineke chance started. Mm -hmm. And at that point, you know, those were listeners that have been listening since inception. You know, I was at every training camp practice for the most part. And Wentz can make every throw. He can do everything he needs to, except mm -hmm. his problem is it's mental. It's all in his head. And that I, is the big thing with him. I have to agree with you on that. And when those chants started, you felt, at least I felt, that it was a snowball rolling downhill and picking up momentum. And next thing you know, he misses an easy pass out to the flat, just an easy check down where he basically just throws the ball right in the turf. And it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And this was actually Rivera talking about if he was going to talk to Wentz about those Heineke chants. The fans were chanting for Heineke after the first couple interceptions. Did you have thoughts on how that changed the mood or the game or the bench? Well, I, I, um, I don't know if that, that should impact how you perform or how you play or anything like that. I think it's really about you know focusing on what you have to do. Did you talk to Carson about that at all? Did you? since he was impacted by that at all? No, because again, like I said, you know, we had that drive just before the end of the half, and I thought that really kind of just settled him down. I thought he did a nice job. I mean, 21 plays and you know, however long it was, you know, that was one of the things that you sit there and go, okay, you know, we got a little bit of rhythm going, and let's go, let's finish it. No, no. Let me tell you something, Ted. I told you, I may not know a lot, but I know body language. And body language, yesterday told me everything I needed to know from a fan who is sitting, who is sitting at least 60 yards away. I could see it from my freaking seat. And if you are a head coach and your players are in front of your face, I don't know what you're looking at. And here we are. You wanted to pro provide a spark, then you should have got him out of the game and brought Heineke back in the game. Now, I'm not trying to say Heineke's our savior. I, I, I will never say that. But when it comes down to who is better at the moment, at the moment, you put four back in, man. You just do. Those guys, their body language was so dejected yesterday after the second interception. And then after that flat, I saw guys shaking their heads. They were they were shaking their they were shaking their heads like I can't believe this. Yeah. And if you can't see that as a head coach, then something is wrong with you. Now, there's a part of me, Ted, that believes that the reason why he kept went in the way that he did was yes. It was to show that that hey, he's my guy, but at the same time, the the opposite of, the effect of that is. This is the reason why we must let him go. If that makes no sense. No way. No this the, way. This, this is the re yes, Ted. The same way, the same conclusion that Indianapolis had. It was so easy for them to let him go once he he went to bed two two times. 
it was easy for them to say, you know what, I'm done, I'm cutting bait. This but, is the reason. This is the reason why it's going to be easy for us to be able to say cut bait. It was Rivera it was, wouldn't be arguing with anybody. So would he be trying to give a reason to himself? Himself, he has. A, well, then he's a moron. It's, it's one of those things where where he didn't believe that Fat Me was greasy. He thought that he could change him. He thought he could do all this stuff with Wentz. He this is what he thought, and now it's hitting him in the face. And now he can live with himself to be able to say. But that may have been the wrong decision I made. Stevie Wonder could see that Carson Wentz should have been let go or never should have been here. I mean, there's yeah. no one could defend Carson Wentz sticking around for next season. Now, let me get this straight. I understand and I still think that Rivera had to go to Wentz, that Wentz had to start this game for several reasons because the offense was stagnant. The offense did nothing the past couple of weeks and you needed to get into the playoffs you needed to see what 11 could do so you had to start Wentz but when it went so bad you should have gone back to four knowing that this experiment was over but Rivera I don't know what he does because he doesn't go talk to his players he just stands there with his arms crossed the entire time and he doesn't actually make any adjustments or do anything during the game itself but did you hear what he said? Yeah. He said, I, I felt that after we went on that 21 play drive that we that he was going to be settled. He was still holding on in his mind, still holding on. And because after the, the third and fourth quarter, now he can truly say, he can truly say, okay, you know what? Yeah, no, this isn't going to work out. He couldn't, he, I don't think in his mind, Ted, that he that before, he before that second quarter, like he said, that he could do it. He just couldn't, even though everyone's probably telling him put four. Well, hell, the whole stadium was saying put four in, Heineke in. Yeah. And I was, well, I I was one of them. It, yeah. I was one of them. Not put four in, but Heineke, Heineke. Yeah. And I, no, I hear you, you. You ever watch the Apollo? Yeah. The Apollo. You know oh, yeah. how when, when the act bombs and the Sandman comes out? That's what I was. I was calling for the Sandman. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. I told you, man, I was a Wentz fan. I thought we always said it, and you just said it a few seconds ago. He can make all the throws. There's no reason why he shouldn't be this, that he should be that. But the fact is, he isn't. So pack your bags. You don't even suit up for the next game. It should be Howell and, and, and Taylor. Those should be the two. And leave it alone. Right off to wherever you're going to ride off with your 26 million into the sunset to wherever you need to go. But it's not here at Washington. It, it oh, just is. Completely isn't. agree. Completely yeah. agree. It's not here. And the thing is, I'm looking at that 21 play drive. It was 21 plays, 96 yards. So that was impressive, the fact that it was a 96 yard drive. Right. And it took 14 minutes a clock. So I'm looking at this now. First play, Brian Robinson carry. Second play, Brian Robinson carry. Then third play, Brian Robinson carry. There were 15 runs in that 21-play drive. So mm -hmm. Carson had, you know, five pass attempts or six pass attempts at that point during 20 plays. So you, you liked what you saw. You liked Carson handing the ball off to Brian and Brian doing everything. You know, that's what I'm saying is just – and those of you that listen, we keep bringing it up, you know my disdain for Ron Rivera. I don't think he's a good head coach. I think he is way past his time. And the past couple of weeks have shown that. 
And he is not a GM. He's not a player personnel guy. And if anything, this week shows that when you have no cam curl, your defense is a shell of what it used to be when you lose cam curl Benjamin St. Juice, you have no linebackers because John Bostick goes to IR earlier this week. And you've got David Mayo and Jamin Davis, who played maybe his worst game I think I've seen him play all season. And you like what you saw going seven to three in the halftime? I'm sorry, no. You bring four in. And this is actually what Rivera said on making that switch. Did you think of switching to Taylor at all? I considered it, you know, but... Um... Then they went up by 14, and I, I figured for sure we were going to be throwing the ball downfield. Did you hear what he said at that last part? He said he thought about it, but when they went up, he was, he thought for sure they were going to be throwing the ball down the field. So you literally just insulted Heineke at that point, mm -hmm. saying yeah. that we were going to have to throw the ball, so I don't want my quarterback that got us in a position to make the playoffs to have to come in and actually throw the ball. I mean, talk about a backhanded just quote from Ron Rivera throwing Heineke under the bus there that this guy that fought his ass off these past couple of weeks yep. and has been here for me since my first year here that almost, granted, wasn't that close against the Bucks, but almost won us a playoff game, can't throw the ball. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, just setting that man up and just – Treating him like that just boggles my mind. Oh, yeah. Just ran him right over. Um, let, me, let me ask you this before we go any further. Um, do we know how John Allen is doing? Well, this was Coach's report on John after the game. Defense, okay. uh, do you have any update, first of all, on John Allen? Um, my understanding right now is he hypersented his knee, and they'll examine him tomorrow. Um, and uh, we'll go from there. So Nikki Javala sent a couple tweets out. And, you know, they're in the press box behind me which is corner end zone opposite of you. And she could see a brace of some sort on John's knee. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it was exactly a brace because, you know, she's up in the press box looking at this. But, you know, I'm hoping to God John's okay. And that's what was really starting to concern me is we weren't winning that game. We were down by 14 points. And yet we were still trotting out there like something was going to happen. And we still had Terry, not Terry. Yeah, we still had Terry McLaurin out there jumping up for balls. I'm thinking in my head, take these guys out the game. We can't afford to get Terry hurt or Jahan hurt because Carson's throwing that ball high and sailing it. And next thing you know, someone's going to go up and come down with a concussion. But back to John, Nikki tweeted this out, said his knee, uh, John Allen hyperextended his knee, and they'll examine him further tomorrow at the facility. For those wondering, it's Monday at 846 in the morning. And the team hasn't actually reported in yet. So she saw some type of black brace on his left knee. And it appears to be like a patella strap or something similar. Okay. So hopefully he's okay. You know, we're not playing for anything. So I don't want to see John out on that field next week against the Cowboys. Because that man will be out there whether he's 100% or not. And we don't need him to risk getting more hurt into an off season that, you know, is just about to be right around the corner. And especially now that we don't have anything to play for except for pride. And don't get me wrong. And, and pride is always the best thing to play for. If, you, if you're out of it the same way that the Browns played. So, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad that he's okay. 
And now let's get back to this onslaught. I just wanted to take a, just a short pause because anytime a player goes down, I want to just, if, if we know something, I want to, you know, get a better idea of what's going on with them. So I, I appreciate that little bit of a break for me there, Ted. Um, but dude, this team, man. And, and so, you know, there were some fans behind me who um, were saying, oh, you see that ref? He didn't call pass interference on Jahan. It was like one of the last plays that Carson threw the ball. Yeah, it was the end zone right at you. And yep. he just pushed them right there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so we, 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 we would be back in this game. And I said, I said, dude, I don't know who you are, but be quiet. No, no, you don't understand. I said, I do understand, but that one play was not going to make a difference for us. So stop it. I said, stop it. Why? I, I, I agree with you. But I said, so then if you agree, then leave it alone. That one play, we played horrible through this whole game. And that one minor push, if you will, was not going to make the difference of the game. It just wasn't. Yeah. So he said, oh, okay, okay. So our fans sometimes tick me off. I understand that everybody's passionate. I, I get it. But we can't make excuses. Where I'm going with this, we can't make excuses for an entire game off of one play. Oh, agreed. Agreed. I mean, it's we, just – We can't do it. You know, just going back to the Giants game with the pass interference on Curtis Samuel. Sorry, you can't let that come down to it. And the referees did not cost us this game. The commanders not showing up cost us this game. The coaching staff cost us this game. The inability to make any kind of adjustments cost us this game. Bingo. And – at the end of the game, I don't know if you saw, because it's opposite of you, but we were on offense, and Wes Schweitzer headbutted one of the Browns players at the end of the game. There was still six seconds left on the clock. No, I didn't see that. So Schweitzer, and he was going back and forth with the defensive lineman. Schweitzer, the play was over. It was, like, dead for a couple of seconds. Just came up and headbutted him. The referee said, nope, nope. I'm not calling it. We're just getting this thing over with. He didn't even want to call the penalty. It was an obvious penalty. And Schweitzer should have gotten fined for it for doing it. But he just wanted to get the hell out of there. And apparently I was on TV in the stands just looking like you got to be kidding me because I just want to get the hell out of there, too. And it was just it was so frustrating. And this was a quote from Miles Garrett. And so defensive end Miles Garrett said that Wentz, who normally holds on to the ball too long, seemed to be doing so more Sunday because it was a part of the game plan. He pointed out the commanders were in formations meant to keep deep shots and sometimes use two players to chip defenders, which slowed them getting out into their routes and limited Wentz's check down options. And we talked about this on our preview show. What was Scott Turner going to do? Was Scott Turner going to call a game plan built more for Heineke? Or was he going to call a game plan built more for Wentz and his rocket arm. Miles Garrett, you know, obviously they watched a ton of film on him and looked at it. According to him, they called a game plan for Wentz. Wanted to throw that ball deep. And there's another tweet that I got to pull up here of one of their linebackers talking about how they watched film on Wentz. And I'm paraphrasing here. Let me see if I can actually pull the thing up. But they watched film on Wentz and they watched film on Heineke and basically saw, here you go, Reggie Ragland, Browns linebacker Reggie Ragland on Commander's quarterback Carson Wentz. And I quote, we looked at a lot from the beginning of the season and last week, but every system he's been in, 
they played the same way with him. He has that long kind of slow release. So you can get a good break on it and make something shake. If you know football, you know Wentz has a slow release and you know Heineke gets the ball out fast. Like some of the guys I know on the team, they would have preferred Heineke because they know he gets the ball out. You can see it on film too, though. They play different with each quarterback. If that's not an indictment on Scott Turner, I don't know what is. Mm -hmm. I mean, these guys are breaking film down, looking at things and seeing every little tiny nuance between Wentz and Heineke and what to prepare for. And knowing that Wentz has this long release, I can't count. I haven't gone back and actually watched a game yet because I just can't deal with it right now. No. But yeah. how many times were we in empty again on third mm -hmm. down, giving Wentz no time? And on the sacks that he took, he took three sacks in the game. So there's a website called True Media. All three sacks took 2.4 seconds or longer for him to get rid of the ball. And what do you like to say? Your, uh, your Ronald McDonald song? E-I-E-I-O throw. 2.4 seconds in those sacks. And I felt that maybe a couple of those sacks were on the offensive line, but two and a half seconds to throw that ball, that ball should have been out of there. So either mm -hmm. the receivers were covered, was a coverage sack, and we haven't gone back to actually look at it yet, and I will here later on today, or like Miles Garrett said, the backs and the tight ends were in chipping, so he didn't have his check down options to get rid of the ball too. Or Wentz just didn't get rid of the damn ball. I don't know which one it was, but to me, that's your game plan. And the frustrating part of getting our ass kicked against the Browns is knowing that there is no end in sight to this iteration of the commanders. And what I mean by that is Ron Rivera is going to be here next year in all likelihood. Scott Turner is going to be here next year in all likelihood. And Jack Del Rio is going to be here. So we're in limbo again as a fan base. And that's what frustrates me more than knowing that we really have no shot at the postseason anymore. Yeah, for such a long time, we were really holding on to what we thought. And all we had was hope. And we were holding on to hope. We were. We, we were grasping at it. It was right there in our hands. And it just slipped right through. And I tell you, it's almost like we should be in Vegas for these three, seven, and seven, seven seasons, man. <laughs> you know, that's that's a lot. That's 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 what do you call that in, in Vegas when you get off sevens? Uh, what do you call that when you gamble? I I, I forget. I never on, win. I, I, I never win either. But when you play slots and that, and that's set, that triple seven comes off, it's it's you it's a jackpot of some sort. Oh yeah. But it ain't a jackpot for us. So we're, there you go. We're we're <laughs> we're right back in 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 purgatory, man. And and I and I so so if a new owner does come, will a new owner say I'm cleaning house with everybody, or will he stick with them for another year hypothetically? Because one thing that we do know, Dan's got to sell the team. That's what but he we doesn't. know. He doesn't. Well, why why he, does he? He he doesn't. But he does. For, I'm just for our, no for our listeners just to clarify. He does not have to sell the team. The you He's having the money only, issues, but the money is not due until 2028. So just to clarify for our listeners, Dan Snyder owes the NFL money, but that money does not come due for several years from now. So just to set the record straight, 
he can still hold on to this team for several more years. He can. At the same time, I don't think that as far as a family healthy wise thing is to do. It's just not. Now, yes, he can he can play bully ball and he can hold on to it. You're, you are absolutely right about that. So if, if I came off wrong, then I apologize. But why would you want to? Because now here's the thing. You, ha- okay, I could see him holding on to the team had we beat the Browns, had we possibly beat Dallas, and we made our first playoff appearance. I can see him holding on to the team and, and playing bully ball. Why would I let this go? But after yesterday's performance, and we're going to take an L against Dallas, we're going we're gonna to go into the season, another losing season, which, by the way, I'm going to lose my, 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 my bet duel, uh, my fan duel bet, because I said that we would win more than seven games, and so we're right there on it, but it ain't going to happen, okay? It just ain't going to happen. Dallas is going to beat us again, and I'm saying it right now, and I hate to be doom and gloom, but that's just, let's just be realistic about this, okay? Dallas isn't going to – we aren't going to beat Dallas. We're on a downslope again for this season. A lot of people have already said that, yes, even though we have had more season ticket holders this year, a lot of those same season ticket holders are going to not renew. I've already heard it. Okay. I've already heard it. And because of it, so it's almost like we were, we were going up for a second, but now we're going to go right back down. And once those numbers hit, why would you hold on to it? Because it's a moneymaker. Just, just being realistic. You know, I don't, I just, going with real numbers and everything else. He bought this team for $800 million. It's worth $7 billion. You cannot mm-hmm. lose money as an NFL owner. You are one of 31 people in the entire world that own something. Only 31 other people, actually only 30 other people, because there are 32 teams and the Packers don't have an owner. So only 30 other people have what you have. So that exclusivity right there is something that would make him want to hold on to this thing as long as he can. If they don't have 24 out of 30 other owners to vote him out, there is nothing forcing him out technically. There is no smoking gun that came out. The congressional reports have been released. The only thing that potentially has the chance to have a smoking gun is the Mary Jo White report, which isn't coming out now or anytime soon. No, yeah. So those fans that are holding out hope that Snyder sells this season, don't hang your hat on it, is all I'm saying. If it happens, then hell yeah. If it doesn't happen, don't be surprised. Just because there is technically nothing forcing him to get rid of it. And you're talking about the family aspect and the family dynamic. He isolates himself so much from all of the outside noise. He lived on a yacht in the South of France to avoid a subpoena. All he has are yes men surrounding him that tell him what he wants to hear. So he doesn't hear any of the bad news. It's like Donald Trump with the election. You know, Donald, you won the election. You won the election. You know, don't don't pay attention to any of that stuff. And then you start believing it. He's surrounded by all these sycophants that are basically telling him, oh, you're amazing. You're the best owner in the world. Don't pay attention. So that's all he hears. That's all he knows. So I, I, I think it's a little bit more than that, Ted. I mean, I hear you. I hear you. I, I, I hear you. But I, I think that the reality sets sets in. And and, I, and I'm surprised that, that he actually, it, okay, 
but you know what? You you may be making some sense here. And what I mean by that is this. If if Rally Captain was the owner and planned on being the owner after that performance last night, I would have been at FedEx Field, or I'm sorry, at uh, Commander's Park with my feet on his desk saying, you've got to go. And I was getting into some discussions with some fans about that. It's like, people don't realize coaching. And when I said earlier, Ron Rivera is here next year. Scott Turner's here next year. Coaching contracts are guaranteed. Rivera has two more years on his deal. Mm -hmm. Do you think Dan Snyder is going to pay Ron Rivera all the money left in his contract and then have to bring in another coach on top of it? So you're now paying in essence, two head coaches and two coaching staffs when you're trying to sell the team? If he truly is trying to sell this team, do you think he wants to be on the hook for Rivera's contract and someone else coming on board when he's trying to sell it and make money? I'm sorry, still, the answer is no. He still will make, but he still will make money. But he he's giving make. money up. I understand like, that, but but that's business. That's business. Is, Some, but it's sometimes, not. It's, sometimes, man, you gotta, you, you, you got to lose money to make money. And that's just how it is. Let me analogize it like this. You have a house that you're trying to sell that you've been in. Kitchens and bathrooms sell houses. You have to invest in those if you want to sell your house. Let's just say your house hasn't been renovated in 30 years. Mm -hmm. Your real estate agent's going to tell you, okay, if you put 40 grand into this house, you can maybe get an extra 80 grand on top of it. So make that investment. Okay. Flip this around to coaching. You fire Ron Rivera, and you bring in another head coach that has no track record, does that make the value of the commanders go up? No. It makes your net worth go down because you just spent millions of dollars with no return. As a billionaire or millionaire, it's all about return on investment. There is no return on investment when you are firing people just to fire people emotionally. And for those hoping that a new owner is going to come in and bring in a new coaching staff, I'm sorry to break it to you. That's not going to happen year one because a new owner is probably not going to come in until March. What head coaching candidates are going to be around in March that are worth anything? Okay. And it's, what general manager, but from a general good. manager perspective, you're going to have to have someone that has been looking at the draft that has been scouting all these players and free agents. You're not going to bring in a whole new staff and whole new regime to do that in March. And that's why I'm saying we're at least in limbo for another year because of the timeline. And March is when the owners meet again. So a sale has to be approved by all the owners. So that's why we're stuck in this, at least until March, until the draft and everything comes along. And I hear you, man. Emotionally, everything you're saying makes sense. And I want it to happen. You know, the old Snyder that wasn't in hot water and wasn't selling the team would have been out there with his feet on Rivera's desk saying, you're fired. But this man, his guy's back against the wall right now. And I don't see him doing that for those specific reasons. And that's what concerns me as a fan of this team, because this sale is going to screw us over in free agency. And I know I'm rambling on too much here, but the reason why I'm saying that is guarantees for players are paid in an escrow account. So when you give a player a guaranteed contract for their signing bonus, Dan Snyder has to take the money out of his pocket 
and put it in escrow. So meaning any free agents, high price free agents that we want to actually bring in here next year, Dan's got to say, yeah, let me put my money in escrow for that guy. 100% of it comes out of him, not the new owner, which I'm worried is going to screw us in free agency on top of it. Mm. Well, we got to cross that bridge when we get to it, but I agree with you, man. Is it, it nothing right now looks good? Nothing. I mean, it nothing doesn't. Good right Nikki Javala sent this out saying, We haven't had a winning season in seven years. And we've been to the playoffs only five times this century. And we haven't made it past the divisional round in 31 years when we won the Super Bowl. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to be doom and gloom. It's just right now, we had hope with this slim run. Who knows what we were going to do in the playoffs? But we had a little bit of hope. Now, it's all gone again. Mm -hmm. And even though our nemesis is the Cowboys, a lot of times guys check out. They just do. You know, this would have been a this would have been one of those fairy tale stories. Oh, it's the commanders versus the cowboys to get into the playoffs. No. Now it's just, hey, let's just get out of here unscathed. And and tickets are already bought to freaking the French Riviera. <laughs> I mean, I, I hate to I hate to be like that, but but that's but it's that's true. What that's what I feel. You know, once 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 Minnesota last night went to bed and Green Bay beat them. Guys were like, all right, you know what? <laughs> Baby, do what you got to do. Go go, go on sbevents.net and book us a doggone trip <laughs> someplace, which I appreciate by all means. But uh, no, man, it, it's it's bad, man. It, it really is. It really I mean, is. just you talk about body language. The body language during that game from those players. I mean... A majority of the game, you had Chase going up and down the sideline right there, cheering guys on and being Chase. The middle of the third to the fourth, he was sitting down, man. If that doesn't show you where this team is, nothing does. And I sent a tweet out. During the first quarter, there was a fan that threw his Wentz jersey from the upper deck, like the 200 level behind me, down Mm -hmm. onto the field. And it basically was like, you know, one of those beach balls where fans are grabbing it and hitting it again. Well, it went from up top down to my section. And then there was a fan that it hit him in the back of the head and they just kept throwing it down the field. Uh, It's been looked at 154,000 times at this point. I mean, you know, and most of the comments are, you know, why did someone buy Wentz jersey in the first place? That guy's a moron. That guy's an idiot. But that's just where we are right now. And no, Rivera, not sure what he's going to do at quarterback. I know what I would do next week at quarterback. You put Sam Howell in. And I'm thinking you're on the same page with me. But this is what Ron said about quarterback next week. What's the decision now going forward? Or what do you do at quarterback after this? Well, we'll see. We'll sit down and talk with the coaches tomorrow after we watch the tape and we'll go from there. What's there to look at? Well, see, he can't. The thing is, that's, that's a coach's answer. Any, I think at this point, any coach would say that. I don't think any coach would say, well, well I'm putting Sam Howell in the game. So I understand that answer. That's just a, just a, 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 a throw-me-off answer. Because he's not going to – what we want him to say, he's not going to say. And he, uh, hasn't said it, he hasn't said it all season. No, he hasn't. 
but you know, so so he's not gonna he just just like what you said earlier about me about the coach that the, the head uh, the owner should be in there t- telling uh uh you know Rivera no it's not gonna happen so he's not gonna go and give us what we want but we know it's gonna happen we know that he's not gonna put Taylor in at least well well I take that back I take that back maybe he will maybe he won't but we as fans know Sam Howell should be up the bat the question is. Do you really want to put Sam against Dallas, who still now, because Philly lost, has more to play for? Yes, I do. I want to see Sam versus a real opponent. I want to see what he can do because we saw him against, you know, your third strings in preseason. I want to see what he can do with a full week of practice behind his belt and a game plan, granted, a garbage game plan from Scott Turner, but with a game plan to see what he can actually do. And a lot of fans were saying, we want the Eagles to win. So Dallas comes in here and has nothing to play for. It's like, you think that's going to make it any better next week? And none of that matters anymore. But you were about to say? I, I, I hear what you're saying. And, and, and I agree with you that I do believe that Sam should get some playing time. However, I feel, though, the same issues that we have with Carson, we're going to have with Sam. Meaning, meaning, Sam's going to be rusty, bro. The same way Carson was. So why would you put him back there to for the onslaught? I mean, maybe maybe get, okay, so maybe start the game with Taylor. I don't know, but just, just follow me with this. Maybe start the game with Taylor and then maybe put Sam in a little bit toward the end or something i don't know but i just don't i just don't want to you what's going to happen is you're going to really demoralize the fan base even though we are all calling for sam doesn't get worse than this i mean it can't get worse man because if they just just brutally just just dog this kid out for for his sake but you know but okay so let's let's change it up what what benefit do we get from seeing heineke out there as a fan base and the future is concerned. We, we get, in my opinion, nothing good happens out of seeing Heineke out there. He's an unrestricted free agent next year, mm-hmm. and he's either going to be here or he's not going to be here. And even if he is here, he's not the long-term answer for this team. We know what Heineke is. He is a serviceable backup in this system. He is not a gotcha. starting quarterback, okay? No doubt. Carson gotcha. Wentz, they're not paying Carson Wentz. He's due $20 million next year, or we can cut him for free. That was the beauty of his contract. Mm-hmm. So Carson's gone. You don't know what you have with Sam Howell. You don't know if you need to draft a quarterback next year. So you need to find that I feel, out. I feel that's where we're wrong. We know we need to draft a quarterback. I just don't see the benefit. I understand the logic. Well, we got to see what we have in him. We got to see what we have in him. But I'll be doggone. You got to see what you have in him on this game when now, okay, so he gets there and they just clobber this kid. Did you see what you had in him? No. But you see how he plays. You have no film on him against a number one defense. I saw that in preseason. No, you didn't. I saw, saw, maybe you didn't. Against a third string team. Was he a third string quarterback? Because you had Carson Wentz and Taylor in here. You don't. My my point. Okay. I understand your point. Look at Brock Purdy. Look at 
the last pick in the NFL draft and totally what he's doing teams. with the San Francisco. Totally different teams. Totally different. San Francisco's team is there's no we are nowhere near what San Francisco has. It's not the team. It's the player. How can you say that Sam Howell is not potentially a quarterback for the future from us when he has not actually done this against a real defense and real okay. talent? Could you could you put Taylor Heineke on San Francisco team and make him like a Purdy? Yes. Yes. Because you could. You could. Yeah. You could. You could put Sam Howell. Okay. You could put Sam Howell. I feel against San Francisco's and and he would look like a Brock Purdy. The fact is, this isn't the same team. Our offensive line is terrible. And now you're going to go. You're going to put this kid who hasn't played all year. He hasn't. He hasn't taken first team snaps all year. I can understand maybe if he took if if one game during the season, regular season, if he took first team snaps and you you saw what he had. But you're asking this kid who has, hasn't played all season to go out there and do something just to see what he has. I'm not I asking can't... him. I'm asking him to be a quarterback in the NFL. What I drafted you for. I'm not asking him to win the game. I'm not asking him to get us in the playoffs because that's not happening. I am asking him to show me that. I made a good draft pick in you. I mean, he's on this roster. Yeah, he is. He's not here just to hold a clipboard. I I mean, I feel feel the fact that we put him on the team lets you know he's a quarterback. I feel, I I feel, I feel just from my aspect and my aspect alone, all right, that I saw him what he did against, even though they were third stringers, they were still professionals. Regardless of they were still professionals, I saw what he could do. My thing is, don't, Put this kid out to dog on. <laughs> Don't put him out the pasture, man, with these kids coming at him. Let, if anything, hey, you chalk it up. And if you want to put him in, okay, you can put him in, but you don't start him. I don't you agree don't with start you. Him. I don't agree with you at all, man. You have to see what he has because you're not going to see what he has. Pick. You don't. I know man. what he you has. Don't. I'm sorry. You keep saying you know what he has, but in the preseason, you are not calling your gameplay, you're not calling real plays. You are calling so much vanilla stuff because you don't want to show anyone else anything. You don't know what he can do with your actual playbook. And in practice, he doesn't get any of the reps. So no one knows what he has. You can see him throw a ball. Listen listen to what you just said. Listen to what you just said. Mm -hmm. In practice, he doesn't get any of the reps. So now you're going to force him. Do you see what I'm saying? You just- Yes, you're forcing him because he's a player in the NFL. Because he, at some point, has to get you need him to get the reps and the actual time under center when the game means nothing. This game this week means absolutely nothing. You cannot afford to have him get those reps when the game means something and it's on the line. Now is the perfect scenario to do it because you want it to happen next year when we're 0-0 and we're going into a season with a brand new record and not know what this kid can do? No. You need to see it now when he cannot hurt you. All right, Chef. Okay, Chef. So let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. Since you like to use analogies. All right. So you just got out of culinary school. You, you, you're, you're fresh out of culinary school. And all of your wait staff, or not even wait staff, all of your, what do you call those guys who, who, who help you? What, what, what are they? I can't think of their names. Sous chefs. Different yeah. sous chefs. All your sous chefs are out. And it's just you. So you're going to tell me that you want to be the one who just got out of culinary school, who now is going to make the restaurant stay afloat. 
It ain't happening, bro. I'm sorry. I yes. disagree with you. I yes, want that. Yes, you can cook. Yes, As you a can competitor, cook. I want that. Okay. All right. Well, I tend to think that there's a part of me. So let me get this straight. There is a part of me, and I, and I don't want you to think I'm 100% against what you're saying. There's a part of me that says, okay, yeah, you probably should put him out there. But there's a caveat to this. I'm not going to just throw the kid to the wolves, and that's what you're doing. And then, and then so here's the thing. You're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Because the minute that he went to bed, well, he didn't have anything either. No matter, I feel no matter who you put back there is going to, the same result is going to end up. That's what I feel. Yeah, because I hear you. As soon, and that's, as soon, that's as, as, soon as, as soon as as soon as he does something stupid or as soon as something, well, see, that's why we never should have played him to begin with. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. I don't know any fan that okay. would say we should not play Sam Howell other than you right now. When he when when he gets obliterated or he throws five picks, then you'll say, "Well, I guess we saw what we had in him." That doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. That that makes no sense to me. It does. It I, just doesn't. When are we going to see what he has next year? When next year? When next year? Because you're not going to see it in training camp. You could. You're you, not going to you know see what? it in preseason. You know what? The same way we freaking started Wentz the first game, start Sam Howell the first game. Start Sam. Start Sam. You you draft somebody. So you to, to to what you're saying, Sam Howe, for the most part for me is 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 done. Yeah, you can play him a little bit during this next game, a little bit, but for the most part, you put your chips in on him next season, and you draft another quarterback. Can't do that. Well, you can draft another quarterback. I get that. Yes, you can draft another quarterback, and you need to do something because Taylor Heineke is not your long-term quarterback. Sam Howe is most likely not your long-term quarterback. What free agent? I don't want Derek Carr here. No, I don't I'm want not, us no. to trade for Jimmy G. No, you know, we need to do something. We but, went through that debate before. We, neither one of us want that. Neither one of us want that. But I think that you, you, you're. So I think that when you try to say, "Okay, Sam," all right, buddy, it's yours. Have at it. Well, damn, coach. All right, I'm a competitor. I'm gonna. Don't get me wrong. Rally, captain. It's yours. Take it. All right, I'm gonna do my best. I'm gonna do my best, but I'll be doggone. You guys are setting me up to fail. And that's, but that's all what you're I asking appreciate. for is for him to do his best. All you're asking for is him to show you what he has, for him to show you why he was supposed to be drafted higher than how he was. And what I'm saying to you is with a fresh O-line, with a fresh new season, yes, I want to see what you that. have. I want to see, I want to see what you have, son. But right now, I'll be damned. I'm not going to just throw you out to the wolves. And ultimately, that's what you will be doing by putting him in. I want to see the kid play. Don't get me wrong. So I don't want anybody to think that I don't want to see the kid play. But what have I said? I said, I want to see him in spurts. Yes, put him, start Taylor, and then ease your way into him. You don't start the kid, man. You just don't. I'm sorry. I, I can't disagree with you more on this. I mean, right. Taylor's career here, he's 12, 11, and 1. We know what Taylor is. We get okay. no benefit out of seeing Taylor. Taylor is a 500 quarterback, and that's it. Okay. With, so what do you and, what do you gain? What do you gain by starting him and he just gets obliterated? What 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 did you see? What did you, you see? You see how he reacts to adversity, how he handles defenses. You see how he can read a coverage. You have film on him, is what you see. And let me tell you from my point why what you're saying does not make sense. Because during training camp, you were there with me the one time. During practice, you only get so many reps. Mm -hmm. You realize that in the NFL, during the regular season, you have 14 practices that are padded. 
14 padded practices, okay? You only have so much time you are allowed on the field. So when we were there at training camp, there was a clock that was ticking. Once that clock strikes zero, those players are not allowed to be with their coaches anymore. You don't, this is not the NFL when the hogs were out there and Bugle could beat them up and force them to stay out there until the lights turned on and then they just turn the lights on and practice more. So you don't have time to make your quarterback decisions at the start of the next regular season. By the time that happens, you have to have your starter. You cannot go through an entire offseason, an entire OTAs, mini camp, and training camp with no decision at quarterback because your offensive coordinator, who's a moron, has to have a game plan for this quarterback. It's just doing the other 52 players on your team a disservice. So okay. what you're looking to see is how Sam Howell reads a cover two, how he reads a cover three, how he reads a zone, how he goes through his progressions. That's what you're looking to see. And if he does not do well with those, now you know what to practice on during OTAs with this young man. Now you know what to focus on during mini camps with this young man. Because you're actually doing it with your real plays, not okay. your vanilla plays. Okay. That's what you're looking so, to see. So so do you think that when Sam came in and during preseason that those teams weren't running cover two? Do you think those teams weren't running cover three, albeit back with backups? They were not against the your real playbook. You're missing the point. Is you're not using your real playbook. Okay. You are not using so, what he's gonna be running during the season. All right. I 10 4. We, we're, we're tracking. So you keep saying he's running with the first teams. So today's today is what? Today is Monday. He won't practice till Wednesday. Okay. So, oh, wow. That makes a big difference. So now he has two hours of practice on Wednesday with the first team, mm -hmm. two hours of practice with the, with the, with the first team on, on and Thursday. And no full pads, by the way. And, and, and then Thursday, three days. Three days worth of practice. So now he he can he can solve all our problems it, with three no days with the first he's team. Gonna solve all our problems, and that's no why you don't he's start him. Problems. I don't that's agree. Why with you it. don't start. That's why you don't start him. You let him make his way into the game, put him into the game. You don't start him because you'll still be able to see everything that you're asking for. I I, I you, don't. You get there's no benefit of putting Heineke in. There was. You get nothing good. You think it's going to be better for him coming off the bench cold? I'd rather him get reps pregame and actually have a warm arm than coming off the bench cold. I just, well, I, I don't. From, from I what don't I saw, the logic way, here. From, from what I saw, the way Carson came come, came off the bench, the way he's running out there, he, he, he can get the same thing. <laughs> all and, right, all right. We're, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna. We're beat going this. in circles. I, I yeah, get. We're, it. we're, we're, we're just, gonna beat this topic to to a dead in the dead dead in the face, but. I'll say this, and 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 you have you. That's what makes the world go round, brother. Oh yeah. You have your your opinion. I have mine, but we can agree to disagree. The fact is, what we do agree upon is we should see Sam Howe, whether he starts or whether he they bring him in later. We still agree that we should see him. Definitely. I just don't. I just don't think that starting him is going to let you see everything that you need that you so called need to see. I, I it's not going to be everything. I, I, I agree okay. with you. You're not going to see everything you need to see, but you haven't seen anything. All right. That is the point. You haven't my seen prayer, anything. Sam, Sam, excuse me, if you heard me feedback, I hit the mic. My prayers go to you, Sam. 
Oh, yeah. prayers go to you with this Swiss cheese of an offensive line. And I and you guys know I love you, but I'm a fan and I can talk about you because I love you. So I can say that type of stuff. If I wasn't a fan, then I you kick rocks. But I'm a fan. This is my squad, and I can talk about my squad. Offensive line coach, coaches, period. We need new guys. And you said it. You you let you let Sheriff go. Or maybe you didn't say it. But I don't we, know. We've but, talked about it. I mean, yeah, you let yeah. Sheriff walk, and I get yeah. letting Sheriff walk. You can't pay him $17 million flowers, to play guard. You let Flowers go, all right? You, you, you brought in these guys. Okay, we, this is what we got right now. Right now is what we have. However, come, come, come doggone offseason, we better see some great acquisitions Acquisitions, acquisitions coming into the yeah acquisitions coming into this team. Excuse me, I I fixed myself. Coming into this team, we better see it. Otherwise, man, you guys are just setting yourself up to fail once again. For the that's last, that's the part what, that's frustrating, man. It's, for the last six years, what did we do? We we beefed up our defensive line and didn't do anything for offense. Last five years, we beefed up our defensive line. Now. The opportunity for that defensive line to stay where stay where it is 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 pretty much going away, because realistically, yeah, I heard them say they want to keep paying, but realistically, when it comes down to the dollars and cents, I have a feeling that we're not going to keep them. I don't know. I think they're going to franchise them. I think they're going to okay. franchise pain because okay, they can afford to franchise pain because you're not re-signing. You're not keeping Carson Wentz. There's $20 okay. million dollars at All that right. point. Carson's counting for 28 against the cap right now. He's counting for zero next year against the cap. So you can franchise pain. The man had two sacks this past game. He was the only bright spot. I don't even yeah. want to say bright. He was the only somewhat glimmer out of this past yeah. game. So you, right. you can keep him. But the problem is, if you keep him, you're probably going to let sweat go. So mm. what do you want to do? Do you want to keep up the interior? of your defensive line or do you want to keep your edges whole because well, you i don't think you can do both realistically and, and, i don't think you can I, do both I, I look at who we're forgetting the young rook who got hurt bill mathis replacement so we're, we've, we've kind of forgot about him he he's still he's still in the mix so they could be saying like you said hey i saw enough from the young rook to be able to get rid of pain i don't know if it's if it's happening or not but but it, it, and the way that we're looking at things, I saw enough from him, not me, his rally captain, but the coaching staff, we saw enough from him to where we can technically, we don't want to do it, but we can let Payne go and bring this kid back in because had he not gotten hurt, he was going to be his replacement for the, in the rotation. That's what they were hoping. Him. That was yep. their long-term plan was yep. Phil Mathis comes in and Mathis, he fills in that yeah. hole and we don't have to worry about Deron Payne walking. Well, yep. Payne... 2018 draft pick, number 13 overall. You know, he is balling out. He's getting get paid and mm -hmm. more power to him. I'm just, to me, and everything you said about the offensive line couldn't be more correct. Chase Ruye, I'm sorry. He's not going to be a reliable center. He has not been reliable the past two years because of health. Tyler Larson, his backup, past two years, health. So you have to revamp your center, your left guard, and your right guard. That's your entire interior. Okay. You move Sam Cosme into right guard. Then what's your right tackle going to do? Because I'm sorry, Christian Holmes, not, or Cornelius Lucas, not a good right tackle. You know, you let Trent Williams go to San Francisco for nothing. 
You know, you have just killed this offensive line, but yet you're going out there and you introduce a hog as your mascot, where that is maybe the weakest part of your team. And I, we, we can't go without talking about that, man. Oh, uh, we are. We are, bro. <laughs> and anytime I you're just, ready for it, I'm ready for it. So I, I'm, I am angry about what they did at halftime. And let me explain why. Please. At, you bring out these men that fought and just gave their all for this fan base, for this city, for this franchise, and you use them as props to bring out a mascot. And for those that weren't there, I've got a video of it. We'll put up on our YouTube. But we all knew it was going to be a hog. Yeah. Okay? You weren't fooling anybody. Come on now. That and the team name were probably the two secrets that everyone knew about. Mm -hmm. So to drag those men out onto that field and bring them out there and use them as props to introduce Major Tutty. And this was a excerpt on Major Tutty's backstory. Major Tutty's love for Washington football began when he was just a piglet after watching the Hogs offensive lines of the 1980s and 90s. He was so inspired by their toughness, strength, and the way they laid it all on the line for their teammates. The squad first example they set had such an impact on him. When he got older, he was eager to find a role where he could stand for those ideals set by the Hogs, be around his favorite team, and use his passion for service. The commander's mascot job couldn't have been more perfect. Now, whether he's in the stands, on the field, or out in the community, Major Tutty can be found pumping up the crowd, playing silly pranks, enjoying local eats, and always looking out for his burgundy and gold family. When he's not on duty, loves lifting weights and rolling around. If you see him, be sure to give him a hoof bump. I get it. A mascot is not for us, okay? We're not the demographic. But what pisses me off is the way they made a joke out of our old offensive linemen and everything they stood for. That's why I'm pissed about this. Well, Ted, I'm pissed off about it because we talked about it to nauseum, but I'm going to bring it back up again. What the hell does that have to do with the commanders? I get it. You're trying to still hold on to that old aspect of things, and no one will ever forget the hogs, the hogettes. No one will ever forget that. That is a part of us. However, I feel as though, man, we aren't that. That isn't our offensive line. Isn't the hogs anymore? They are far. They are far Not from even close. it. They are far from it, and. To bring this guy out, to me, it's a it's a mascot. Okay, I get it. All right. Ha ha he he. Okay. I would have much rather. You know what the 49ers mascot looks like? It's like a the, the, like a old 49er gold panhandler guy. Okay. I would have much rather have have a, a, a face similar to that. You've seen how they reworked the band members uh uniforms. They look like the band members' uniforms look like something out of the military yeah you could have put the huge shoulder boards of a commander or a general or whatever you want to do with 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 the guy from the 49ers and i'm using using his face because that's yeah. the one that stands out to me whether 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 it was 
white face, a little tan face, brown face, whatever face you want to use. But the fact is, you put a you put a, a a hat on him, a hat on his head. You put him into a military uniform with huge shoulder boards. To me, that would have gone by with some with some like a uh with some like the Buccaneers mascot who has the boots, the yeah. pants. I mean, you can you can mix that into what a commander looks like. Because in my mind, <clears throat> commander, that's what a, a military person looks like. Not a hog, not Tuddy. And, and you did it, so hey, hats off to you. Run with it. I can't necessarily be a fan of it. But as I always say, my job is to be a fan. And that's what I'm going to be no matter what. I'm a fan of this team, and I'm and I hate the fact that you guys on Twitter want to still come after me because I'm a fan. And I tell you the same thing I'll tell them. That L yesterday is no different than the L's we take in our real life. We take L's, but that doesn't mean I'm going to go off myself because of a L. Whether you're at work, you take an L, but you bounce back. And I'm hoping that this team can bounce back from this L, albeit next season. I don't see it happening. You, there's no, you can't bounce back against, against Dallas in this one game. You can't do it. Next season, I'm hoping we can bounce back. So, Well, Rivera thought we still had a chance to make the playoffs. Did you hear I, that? I, I, I heard that too, man. And, and that's just, dude, see, okay. So I'll go back to what I said before. Rivera came in here to change the culture, and he did a hell of a job. His first presser made me want to run through a brick wall, no doubt about it. Since, I don't think that I want to run through a brick wall for him. So I said all that to say that he did. He came in and he changed the culture for what the team needed because we were suck ass back then. And we're, we still are, but we, we're, we're, I feel as far as culture is concerned, the culture has changed. So you came in, you did your job. It's time, I feel, to bring in, I don't know who, but someone with a, maybe a younger, a younger outlook, outlook. you know, these college programs, and I know college and pro are different, but where I'm going with that is they, they, they're, they're very innovative. And I think that at this point, we need, we, you got to get to the basics of football, but we also need some type of innovation. And so I'll tell you who I want. Who do you want? It's not going to happen, but I want Byron Leftwich. Okay. Leftwich got overlooked for that Bucks head coaching job and Bruce Aaron stepped down. They gave it to Todd Bowles. Yeah. Byron Leftwich, a true offensive mind to come here and work with our offensive weapons and have him actually have another defensive counterpart, a young guy that's got a lot to prove that's from this area. I would love to see him here. I hope it doesn't happen for Leftwich's sake, because I hope that means he gets a job next season as a head coach someplace and he leaves Tampa, but I would love it if we could have a young man like him, something with something to prove, someone with something to prove. I don't want an old retread coach, just like you're talking about. That's yeah. what you don't want either. I want someone that actually knows the game as it's changed and can adapt to it. I mean, for those of our listeners that don't know, this was what Rivera said about being eliminated from the playoffs. And I'll tell you why I'm bringing this clip up for a reason. 
clarify, you said you would talk about quarterback next week. If you guys are eliminated today by what happens at 4 o'clock, is Sam Howell in consideration? We can be eliminated. Yeah, if the Packers beat the Vikings, then you guys are eliminated. Well, we'll see. But would Sam be a consideration, or is it Wentz versus Taylor? We'll see. I'm not going to, you know, try and predict anything. We'll see what happens. I, I played that not because of the Sam Howell part, but because Rivera had no idea that they could be eliminated today. So if you, excuse me one second, Ted, that audio was really low. So if our listeners hadn't heard that, basically I'm going to, so, so I'll be, you be Grant and I'll be coach. So ask that question. And so they can, we can give them a, 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 the audio of what it sounded like. So ask the question and you be Grant, I'll be coach. I don't remember Grant's question. It was something to the effect of, do you know, are you going to play Sam Howell now that you potentially be eliminated from the playoffs with a Green Bay win today? And coach said, we we can be eliminated today just like that we, oh we, we 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 can be eliminated today so he didn't know no he had that's no what idea. i was trying to get at because that's yeah. what i was trying to get at because it was very very low i mean it was really, oh, i really can low. boost it on the okay boost it then so that so that yeah. i don't have to be coach rivera boost it please please i don't want you to have that curse but it's just <laughs> to me you know the players for the most part they don't look at playoff scenarios coming into the games. They try and seclude themselves and isolate themselves from all those other different things. But if Rivera did not know that, then I'm thinking in my head, these players did not know that they could be eliminated yesterday. And to not try and use that as motivation to have your team come up and play with a little more heart and to be out there, I just think that, We've said it before. He's he's past his prime. He's over the hill. He should be gone. I just don't see it realistically happening. And I hope and pray to God I am wrong because we need new blood here. We need an infusion. I mean, you give a ton of blood to the Red Cross, man. We need some of that blood in here to spark this. And I agree with you that Rivera was the coach we needed at the time, but also no coach really wants to come here. And that's the part where we are stuck in limbo because of everything so up in the air with this fan base, or, sorry, with this ownership. And that's, that's what is so unbelievably frustrating because our listeners, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast if you didn't love this team as much as Rowley and I do. So everyone hearing our voices right now we know you all are the true diehards out there. And thinking to myself and talking to Mrs. Tailgate last night, like what are the positives that we can focus on, that we can try and build off of? And that's why I guess maybe I'm looking at you because you're always the glass is half full and we can do this type thing. I mean, from a positive aspect, I don't know one. And you were saying a prayer for Sam Howell earlier. I want to say a prayer for every single Washington fan that's going to be at FedEx Field next week because we are about to get flooded. It is going to be one of the ugliest atmospheres that we have ever experienced as a fan base because they are playing for something and our fans that are fair weather that aren't listening to this show are going to sell their tickets to all these Bamas that have never been to Dallas 
and they're going to come in there and they're going to disrespect Sonny Jurgensen on his Jersey retirement. They're going to disrespect our field and heaven help me next week. Cause I don't know if I can keep my mouth shut with all those idiots behind me and in front of me. Well, Ted, let me say this, bro. The coaches, the players, and I'm looking dead into the camera right now. You guys begged us to come to FedEx Field to show support for you guys. And we did. For the most part, we did. And when it mattered the most, you, you didn't help us. We helped you. You didn't help us. So don't be upset on the 7th or the 8th because we still don't know yet. We still don't know yet. Don't be surprised when you guys get booed or you can't get your own snap count off because of what you guys did. I can't. I, I did my job. I, I lost my voice. I cheered to the best of my ability. I rooted for you guys to the best of my ability. And make no mistake, I'm still going to do that to the best of my ability. But the blue and silver, blue and white, whatever you want to call it, they're coming to FedEx Field deeper than what they've ever come before. So, Coach, please start practicing your silent snap count. And it's going to be sad at FedEx Field. Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm on StubHub right now, right? 200-level uh, ticket. 200-level ticket, $317. Right? It is going to be disgusting because Commanders fans, Washington fans, are dumping their tickets left and right right now to try and make some money back because nobody's going to want to be there, that stadium. And don't get me wrong, you're going to be there, of course. I'm going to be there. And our listeners that are listening to this that have season tickets are most likely going to be there with us. But it is going to be a flood of all of those Bamas coming out here. And get this point. Let me get this straight. I don't blame any of them. You get a chance to cheer on your I blame them for being Cowboys fans. I don't blame them for showing up to our stadium because we make it simple for them to show up. If we would have actually did our business, then next week would have been a win and in playoff atmosphere then Commanders fans wouldn't be dumping tickets. So they have no one to blame but themselves for creating this atmosphere at FedEx Field. It's just so frustrating as a fan to go through this each and every year. And we're in it for the long haul. We've been in it this entire time. <laughs> we're not going nowhere. No. That's maybe what makes it so even more frustrating is because I know you're not going anywhere, man. You know, I'm not going anywhere, you know, until I'm dead and buried, I'm going to root for this team. It just, I didn't leave the stadium until I think it was maybe 6.30 yesterday. I'm just sitting in my parking spot, just dumbfounded that that was what we all saw on New Year's Day. And it's 2023, but it feels like the same old from this team and this franchise. Yeah, it's rough, bro. But what do they say? 
Steel, sharp and steel. <laughs> so right now, I plan on being back in 2023 or, or the for, for the next season, the 2023 season, sharper than ever. And I'm going to put my blade away, actually. And it's going to get sharp, sharpened in the offseason. It's not going to get sharpened during this Dallas game. But I will tell you this. I told everyone that I, and this is just rally captain, will pay homage to the old Redskins moniker and name by always showing, bringing out my Redskins gear for one game. And it's the last game of the season. I will have on all Redskins gear because I feel as though this is what I'm supposed to do. Pay homage to our old team. I don't care what anybody else does or says or thinks. This is what I'm going to do. Because I, as well as it always will be in my heart, will dedicate one game to show homage, pay homage to our old name. And it just so happened that I had already said that last year that it will be the last game of the season. Didn't know who we were going to play. Comes out we're playing Dallas. So there it is. I just hope the team does the same, man. And wrapping it up, who gets a rally chain? Anybody? Me. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You're right, man. You and the fans that stuck it out and put up with that crap, that actually showed up on New Year's Day to endure that whooping. Because mm -hmm. I, I don't know a single player that I could realistically give kudos to, you know. No, if not I had one. to. Okay, if I if I had to, I'd say Payne. He he was the semi bright spot. Seven and a half yards of carry for Nick Chubb. Well, he he, he didn't have his brother with him. I mean, he, one man can't can't do it all by himself. So uh, if I, I said if there was a bright spot, <laughs> so so okay, he gets a quarter of it. How about that? I, I, I can't even do it, man. I just... <laughs> well, you I just, asked. I, I hear you. I hear you. And it, it's your chain. So I get it. It's just no one in my mind deserves anything for the effort they put on that field. What Amari Cooper did to us on three catches. Oh, man. What Deshaun Watson did to us after they scored in a... I'm sorry, Brains, but they three touchdowns on three possessions in the second half. Three tutties, they had huh? <laughs> Major tutties, man. Three major tutties. <laughs> three major tutties. <laughs> they hadn't scored more than three offensive touchdowns in 43 drives the past four games. In three drives, they scored three touchdowns on us. Nobody gets a rally chain for me, man. They just got their ass whooped up and down that field on all sides of the ball. And I just can't wait for this season to be done. Yep. Well, obviously, I think this is the time that we wrap things up. And uh, I always say, shout out to everyone that has stuck by us this far. And we welcome our new listeners. Because something tells me after this show, we're going to have some new listeners. <laughs> We appreciate you guys sticking through it with us. It's, it's been a roller coaster type of season. 
And we look forward to seeing you guys in the offseason and bringing in the new 2023 season. So, hat goes off to you. Keep the faith. We didn't, we didn't reach our goal, but we brought a new show to you guys for your listening pleasures. And we thank you. And on behalf of Delgate Ted, Rally Captain, just like in life, as this team goes, you rep it hard, but you don't rep it at all. That's going to do it for DMV Mess Hall. Take care.